1: Ranking review.
0: making a view making my view 6 Five. 5 4 3 2
2: 1
1: hello and welcome to episode 56 of rank and review In this episode, your host and random Canadian Larry Parsons and his guest Lee Beckman are going to look at six zombie movies for this installment of Franken Review, which I am calling Of the Dead 2, Romero's Children. So I hope you guys aren't sick of zombies. I know we've had quite a bit of zombies in the last little while, and I hope you guys can forgive me because I'm a little bit under the weather. So uh, if I'm, I'm a little sniffly and I've got a little bit of rawness in my throat, I hope you can put up with that. As usual, you will find spoilers and course language throughout this episode, but I think we're all grown-ups here, and I think we can just move past it. If you'd like to send me feedback, you can do that by sending your information or ideas or feedback of any kind to rankandreview@gmail.com. That's R-A-N-K-N-R-E-V-I-E-W at gmail.com. Also, check out the website at rankandreview.ca. And please do tell a friend about the show or find us on Facebook or iTunes. Without further ado, please enjoy Of the Dead Part 2, Romero's Children. Okay, uh, welcome to the next greatest episode of Rankin and Review. And I'm going to start out by apologizing. I am sick. So, if I sound sick, that is why Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, excuses, excuses I am excuses. breathing fairly clearly out of at least one side of my nose, but i've I feel like I've got that tear in my in my lungs, and uh we're gonna we're gonna do what we can to get through this, but oh, I uh, have faith we're gonna fight through it I have faith This is part two of the of the dead rank and review special you know series of zombie related episodes Insert rocky music now yeah and uh. I'm going to call this one Romero's Children. <laughs>
0: um, so
1: what we're going to look at is the three remakes of the first three Romero movies. Yes. Well, the originals of which we discussed last episode. Yes. Tom Savini's take on Night of the Living Dead. Yes. Zack Snyder's take on Dawn of the Dead. A little funk. Yes. <laughs> and uh, your friend and mine uh, from the director uh, we talked about from Friday the 13th part 2 and 3 yes uh, Steve, Steve Miner thank you I almost had to lift up the case no, I'm disappointed. Uh, for Day of the Dead Yep. Um, so uh, there hasn't been a remake of Land as of yet so mm. I thought an interesting way to go instead of this would be the first three of the Return of the Living Dead series or the three valid Return of the Living Dead <laughs> movies as far as I'm concerned you've already said too much Um, Return of the Living Dead Part 1, Return of the Living Dead Part 2, and Return of the Living Dead Part 3, and just in case there's a nerd out there who wants to inform me that Return of the Living Dead Necropolis and Return of the Living Dead Rave to the Grave do exist, I know they exist. They're directed by the guy who did Eight-Legged Freaks, and they're abysmal, and they don't follow the rules of the franchise. And I don't think I'm going to make time for them. And I've made time for some pretty bad movies. So there you go. So there it is. That's my two-sentence review of those Return of the Living Dead movies. Do you feel better? I do and I don't. It's weird to feel so possessive and passionate and nerdy about movies as openly ridiculous as these. Yes. But as good and bad as some of these movies are, I do feel like I have some love for them. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. That's where I come in as a hardcore fan. Um, we just finished the Remarathon, so we yeah. know that you like the zombies. Um, how do you feel about like the Return of the Living Dead franchise, or
0: about remakes in general? Um, you can do a good remake, in fact, um, one of the remakes is actually quite good that we'll talk about. Well, two of them are actually are, are pretty well decent. So remakes, uh, remakes are fine. What was the other question? What do you feel about the Return of the Living Dead franchise? Uh, I, on the whole, feel very passionately positive about the Return of the Living Dead franchise. But we're getting ourselves we're getting ahead of ourselves. So
1: I, I prefer to that as Romero's children because uh, I I think I think the kids are doing all right. <laughs> to quote another well, movie, basically he's he and his produ- producing partner of Night of the Living Dead, John Russo, John Russo, right. Uh, they sort of agreed that Romero could go make his zombie movies and Russo could go make his. And Russo came out with this Return of the Living Dead. Yeah. So tangentially, it is connected to the original Night of the Living Dead. That's I think the main here.
0: difference between John Russo and George Romero, and I was going to talk about this actually at the start of Return, but since that can has been open, I might as well let it go now, is that I think George saw this as, you know, art. You know, he, he was trying to say something. And, and, and good on him. I mean, that's one of the reasons why... It is the classic defining zombie movie series to date, where John Ru- John Russo, I think, loved knew that you could also make a sort of late night drive-in schlock horror film, uh, and it was it's it's they're a lot more fun than than Romero zombie films in a lot of ways. They're they're not as scary. They are in essence a lot more well funnier. Yeah, they're
1: they're they're much more about the business of entertaining and yeah. keeping you feeding popcorn into your face. Yeah, they're not necessarily as about making you think. Yes, um, I think it's weird because we talked about it with Romero. Sometimes he gets so preoccupied with the things behind the zombies that he forgets to have fun with the zombies. If I complain about Romero, that's where I go. Yeah, not having
0: fun with the zombies has never been Return of the Living Dead's problem. No. In fact. Much the opposite. No, and the rules are somewhat different. But we'll get to that when we get to Return of the Living Dead. I say get on with it, man. All right. Well, off we go with Of the Dead, Volume 2, Romero's Children. Read that bell. They came to pay their respects. They're coming to get you, Barbara.
2: Why do you have to be so cruel? What? Show some respect. (laughs)
0: Now, they're running for their lives. A biologist in
1: Stockton, California, have released reports focusing on the phenomenon, specifically on that trance-like
0: state. Every shelter is becoming a trap.
2: Are you sure we're gonna be all right? Cooper, you gotta help me out!
0: And every road out... Don't stop, no matter what happens. It's just another dead end. They're coming right for us! Ah! Romero's Night of the Living Dead
1: (laughs) so Tom Savini had wanted to get into the director's chair for a while he's got a good relationship with George Romero so uh, when George decided he finally wanted to make a few dollars off of Night of the Living Dead as he had not yet uh, George Romero rewrote the script and Savini got the directing job Um, I can imagine when people first saw this and it came out in 1990 It kind of came and went, didn't make any ripples in the water. But uh, I can imagine some of the hardcore horror fans being a little bit disappointed. I can see on paper Tom Savini directing a remake of Night of the Living Dead. You'd want to go there with, like, raincoat on, expecting to just get blood spray off from off the screen. But because in 1990 we're still in the super hyper-paranoid, let's edit horror movies because that will save society, um... The movie is fairly toothless as far as the violence goes. Um, it I wouldn't started, say toothless, but it is definitely one of the weaker gore entries in the series. It started out with an X rating, and in order to get any kind of release, it almost feels at times like a PG movie. That said, I think it successfully tells the story of Night of the Living Dead. And I think that, um, for the most part, the changes are for the better. I like the cast for the most part. I like the special effects on the zombies, and because it's Romero's remake, he's definitely allowed to fiddle. So, if I have minor qualms with script changes, I guess I can make those complaints. But it's Romero's world, so, so yeah. Where do you land on *Night of the Living Dead* (1990)?
0: Well, it was interesting to see uh, right off the, in the opening credits uh, Menahem Golan's name, who of course is one half of the canon Films. So that just, you know, opened opened a floodgate of memories. It was neat to see that. I guess the big elephant in the room about Night of Living Dead is it is I wouldn't almost say beat for beat uh, uh like remake scene, scene by scene of the original. There there's that and of course it has to compete with that. Um but it is it's Night of Living Dead. Um I like the changes. I think they're interesting. Um Here's one thing, though, and I actually watched it this time with uh, the commentary by Tom Savini. And one thing, uh, I don't think he outright, you know, completely sympathizes with, but he has a lot more respect and love for the Cooper character in this version than the original does.
1: Well, I always write off the Cooper character as sort of the archetypical asshole character, mm. but typically a Cooper character is like unmotivated shittiness. The thing is with Cooper is that in his head, everything he's doing is right. Mm. He's trying to protect his family, specifically his daughter, who has already been wounded by a zombie. Mm. He doesn't know if she's going to change. He doesn't fully understand his situation. Mm. Now, how he goes about protecting his family and how he deals with people is very obtuse, ignorant, and it does nothing but escalate the situation. Yes. But why he's doing it, what his motivation is, is. Arguably, somewhat pure. He wants to keep his family protected from the craziness that has
0: suddenly erupted in the well, world. Well, if you th- you know if you stop and you think about it, and Sabini comes out and says this that in the end, um, Cooper was right about staying in the basement, and that's you know the bi- I guess the biggest battle between him and Ben through the entire story. So to have the director say and believe that. Makes you kind of go, wow! Like it's a it's a really dark and pessimist story to begin with. But the asshole was right. Yeah.
1: Well, I think the major changes come to the end, but I think maybe we should work our way to there. Sure. Um, first and foremost, I think, although early in his career, this is my favorite Tony Todd performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know he's he's played a lot of Klingons and he's played Candyman and he's involved with the Hatchet series mm-hmm. and he's a horror genre guy. But for me, he was always the guy from. Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, I mean. he's very good in this. Yeah, he's very good. Um, and a lot of the people that make up the supporting cast have either established a cult name since or were cult names then. Mm-hmm. Patricia Tallman uh, being a notable one. She was in Babylon Five. For Babylon Five people out there,
0: um, Bill Mosley. Bill Mosley. I got. I rem- I got it. He <laughs>
1: got there just in time.
0: Yeah, yeah. You no. know, the mighty great Bill Mosley is is in this, and for fans. Well, for true horror fans, you know who this guy is. This yeah. is he's in The Devil's Rejects, which really, I mean, the more I think about it, is a big long tribute to Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, but once again, getting off topic. <laughs> the great Bill Moseley's in this, and you know, uh, for the brief scene he's
1: quite yeah. good. This is another chance for us to make a brief a correction for last episode too. What's that? Um actually the character that Bill Mosley plays, Johnny. Yeah. Uh that's the brother who's killed. The main character, the uh, Barbara, Barbara Patricia Toloman plays her in this version. Yeah, She and her brother are attacked by a zombie at the very beginning of the movie. And her brother's name is Johnny. Yes. And when we were reviewing the original movie, I believe we kept calling him Tommy. Probably. Uh, Probably. For, it's totally stupid because I'm, in my head I know it's Johnny, but whatever. So retroactive, whoops, but we know it's Johnny, so no more angry with Neil. Anyway, long, hard, uphill battle to get to. For the most part, I think the cast is good. The the
0: there's really no weak link. I, I will say this about Savini's remake: I actually think, uh, across the board, the acting is better.
1: Yeah, I, I think that the couple in the basement, Katie Finnerman and William Butler, mm-hmm. play Tom and Judy. Yeah, but and those
0: are all like, they were poorly written characters. They're vaguely sketched characters,
1: yeah. but I also felt a little bit of. I'm scared of the camera from from especially her. Yeah. Uh, in, in those ones, but, but they're again, timid, they're timid character characters to begin with. Most horror movies will have a couple of performances that don't necessarily yeah. <laughs> you know, nail it. Yeah. And uh this certainly didn't distinguish itself as being particularly bad, but yeah. Across the board, decent enough. And yeah. you can tell it is 1990 and that the zombies look significantly better. Yeah. And, uh, I think that there are some good choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fairly restrained in its musical score. There's a yeah. sort of stillness and a silence to the movie that I think kind of works. Mm-hmm. Um, the tension among the characters, dynamic among the characters is shrill because it's all based on conflict and tension mm-hmm. and, uh, sort of dick measuring, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, uh, we were saying that the major conflict between Ben and, and Cooper. Cooper has to do with the basement. i don't think the conflict necessarily has to do with the basement. They make it about that yeah
0: oh there's there's under obviously
1: underlying racism between the two um well i it, it, Be it motivated by racism or whatever, Cooper doesn't like being told what to do, and Ben doesn't like to be told what to do. They both like to tell people what to do. Yes. And they both have problems dealing with someone who's playing boss. Mm -hmm. I would argue that Cooper's worse at dealing with it than Ben is. Cooper Cooper
0: first turns homicidal, so... Yeah.
1: And I can't side with him. If that was the slant that
0: Sabini was taking, I guess I would say that he failed for me. Yeah. Well, and and there lies the thing, because doesn't Cooper become homicidal in the first one as well, or does he attempt to? Well, it
1: it becomes reduced to a shootout, Mm -hmm. um, and when the place is swamped by zombies, and indeed they are forced to go into the basement. Mm -hmm. But that had always been Ben's point. If they were swamped uh, upstairs, they could use the basement as a sort of a last resort, but, you know... He liked the idea of having multiple escape routes, yeah. options. Yes. You only box yourself in when you have no choice but to box yourself in. Yeah. Cooper's solution was to just immediately box himself him in. for yeah. Now, is he right or is he wrong? You're right. All of the noise of them hammering those doors up probably attracted the zombies to them. If they had just sat in the basement, a lot of the zombies may would have walked by. Mm-hmm. But the point is, the fact that they were constantly fighting, the fact that there was constant conflict, is part of the reason that more zombies were being drawn to them mm-hmm. um and that works well enough you know um the major change character wise mm-hmm. is barbara Yes. Yeah. in the original film barbara is basically catatonic after the first 10 very minutes very much low of the status
0: movie. she is essentially well worthless i don't want to say it that much but yeah
1: well and here's the thing i talked about it when when uh, my friend karen and i reviewed night of the living dead mm-hmm. uh from a zombie episode early in the the podcast. Yeah. I understand why people get pissed off that Barbara's such a weak female character, Mm -hmm. but I also think that it's a completely reasonable response to the situation. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, dead bodies are coming back to life, and you saw your brother killed in front of you in a place that you'd already been afraid of. Yeah. So, I mean, I get it. It's maybe unfortunate that it was a woman, and when these characters come about, they do tend to be female. Mm-hmm. But I didn't necessarily call bullshit carte blanche yeah. on it. Yeah. But Romero did on himself. And in this remake, he made a business of making Barbara the only level-headed
0: character. Mm.
1: In fact, I think he weakened Ben a little bit.
0: Yeah, of course, I think Ben was far more aggressive and a lot more at fault in this one, which is why I think both him and Romero went that way, not only with Cooper, but with Ben. Yeah. Ben Ben is just as responsible for the demise of that house with his own actions and decisions. Yeah. And uh,
1: that's well played. I still remain more sympathetic to Ben because yeah. I think he's being more proactive for the group. Yeah. Where Cooper is Cooper's really... very being... selfish. All me, 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 yeah. me. And just snap his feet and listen to me. Yeah. Ben will get sort of backed into a corner and then he'll lash out. Whereas yeah. Cooper sort of starts by lashing out. Right? Yeah. Um, great sequence that I think is better handled in this movie than in the original just because of the time it is made Uh, the run for the gasoline yeah Um, in the original movie it's always sort of bothered me like we talk about weak female characterizations Mm -hmm. in in the original it seems like she is unable to move herself from the car it's like she can't move she's catatonic she just freezes in this one, at least, it's like... It's the guy's fault. It, it's the, the guy's guy. fault entirely. She doesn't have time yeah. to see what's about to hit her. Yeah. He just sees that the keys that they've brought, that they've painstakingly trashed the house trying to find, bring to the pump, are not the keys that work. Yeah. And he decides he's going to shoot the lock off Which of is the completely gas station. like... It's a stupid call, but in a moment of panic, as zombies are running around it, and a yeah. guy who's not used to handling firearms... Yeah. I kind of bought it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I liked it. I thought it was well-handled. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, and I kind of like it. There's another good one when we talk about Dawn of the Dead remake, sort of the death by human error. Yeah. It's not always the zombies that get these people killed, right? It's sort of mistakes they make in panic or intergroup turmoil.
0: Yeah. 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 No, the changes made in the script, some of them subtle, some of them not so much, are it's an interesting take at the same time it's still very much Night to the Living Dead I guess I kind of want to jump towards the ending yeah. somewhat with sure. Barbara yeah. and Cooper because I thought that was a bold move well I'm split on the end of the film overall
1: it's a positive review yes. and uh, there's two and major. we're going to get into spoiler yeah, territory absolutely okay. there's two major things that happen at the end that are yeah. a change yeah one of which I love yes one of which i kind of ambivalent even towards not liking at all. You all know. Right, okay. Um, I love that at the end of this, Ben's character winds up locked in the basement alone. Yeah. And as he's sitting there by his dying lantern, yeah. about to light a cigarette, yeah, finds he, the key. he looks up and he sees the gas pump key yeah. hanging off of a nail, Clearly marked gas pump. Yes. And his reaction is to just start laughing hysterically. Yes, and fade back. Like, and, and that is an ending for Ben's character. Yeah. Way stronger. And, you know, if he had to, to go, in a way, laughing is preferable to having his brains blown out yeah. by a random redneck the following morning. Yeah. What I like less is Barbara coming back to the house, finding Cooper still alive, and murdering him. And outright murdering him. Why do you have a problem with that? Well, if Romero is establishing Barbara as the one cool-headed person, yeah, who wasn't fighting and was trying to keep her head, yeah, then I think it's somewhat undermined by the fact that she just commits an act of murder because
0: she didn't like Cooper. Well, at the I, end of the It's essentially the loss of innocence, like or all all that is good in this world is sort of put to bed with that. That's how I took it is that, you know, our most level-headed character who was trying to do good and made a lot of the right decisions. I mean, she's the smartest one to realize that you could literally walk away from these things that she ends up after being, you know, found and, and saved by these redneck hunters and that she ends up becoming a murderer and essentially joining these people. I guess so. I
1: read it as like it was a strong moment for her. Yeah. And if I'd read it as a defeating moment or as like this is this was her loss of innocence, maybe I'd be on the same page. But for yeah. me, I thought it was like, yeah, girl, shoot that fucking asshole. And again, that kind of counter the point that we were building to, yeah. I thought. But it certainly wasn't enough to spoil the brew. Yeah, And I do think Patricia Tallman has some great moments. I will always remember. It's one of these indelible horror movie images. Yeah. The scene where she encounters a zombie who's carrying a doll. Yeah. And she's so disturbed by it, she has to put it down. Yeah. But she's so upset that it actually takes her a moment to steady her nerves enough to shoot it. Yeah. It's just a weird note, a beat in the film that passes
0: by. And it's yeah. quite
1: strong. I'm kind of disappointed that Savini hasn't done more directing.
0: Well, yeah, that's the thing. He's very made of... I mean, he's... he's A very capable director he did quite well with the source material I was going to ask you if you knew why he never went back to directing he sounded like he had a good time doing it
1: been long standing rumors that he's going to uh, direct a remake of uh, an Italian zombie movie called Nightmare City Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, it's up on his IMDB page as a directing project and he's done some TV he's done the well, Tales from the Dark Side shows up in a lot of Robert stories. Rodriguez movies uh, but I mean as a director yeah a little bit but yeah. uh, not so much with the features yeah um, yeah so if you were looking for like a special effects makeup gross show yeah. from Tom Savini you'll be disappointed if you're looking for a decent take on Night of the Living Dead you won't be And like I said, uh, I didn't agree with all the choices made by the screenplay, but Romero wrote it, and Romero's allowed to do whatever he wants with this. So you agree with her surviving at the end because that's one of the uh, different differences. There is a survivor, uh, and that's why it was almost a happy ending. That's maybe why I didn't see it as uh, Mm -hmm. well. She lived, but she was broken. I guess. Yes. Well, it's a very, very dark, dark, dark movie. Um, I think that the ideal Barbara for me was somewhere in between those two you know she doesn't have to be a
0: babbling catatonic sort of useless person but she... no one gets out alive yeah. though but i mean i think if you're going to survive you're either gonna, extreme, you're going to be tainted if you're going to be if you're going to survive something like that
1: either extreme is a hard sell either you're like do you have to either be rambet or you know completely useless yeah. or can you find you know uh an imperfect hero somewhere in between um for the most part big thumbs up on Night of living dead i agree
2: I've just been informed that we are going off the air and switching to the emergency broadcasting system. Look up the road, there's a lot more of them. Why are they coming here? Maybe they're coming for us. Sooner or later, they're going to get in here baby snow before it's only a matter of time it's coming
1: they'll find a way in oh god so here's the thing about Zack snyder okay uh he seems to be uh, a well-loved commodity in hollywood he he's had some some monster hits we're about to talk about one of them mm-hmm. but the 300 Watchmen was sort of a mixed bag but i disagree but okay generally speaking um they're trusting him with big budget properties, and he's you know, For those he's who one of the of Hollywood yeah. A players. Yes, which is interesting to me because I don't think he's made a movie anywhere near as good as his remake of *Dawn of the Dead*. Alrighty. Now Ready? a lot of people will disagree with me. Yeah. But uh, I, that's where I stand. I keep waiting for Zack Snyder to live up to the potential of this first feature <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that, that's me um, first and foremost and it's going to sound like a negative thing that I would say about this remake but the social commentary gone is pretty much completely gone here mm-hmm. the whole consumer culture gone amok um, what the zombies want all of that gone this movie is designed to thrill and thrill alone yeah and uh fast zombies. They yep. they, uh, you know, somebody was paying attention when they watched Twenty Eight Days Later, and just decided after that movie, slow zombies just weren't going to be scary enough. So they committed to this fast zombies thing. And uh, I wasn't one of those. Oh, this is bullshit, guys. I was ready to hear it. But I remember hearing in an interview, it was maybe Zack Snyder or, or maybe James Gunn who wrote the screenplay. Mm-hmm. Uh, said that in his head that the fresher the zombie, maybe the faster it would move. Okay. So if the series was to progress, maybe by movie two or three, the zombies wouldn't be quite so limber. Yeah. If the movie in its entirety had maintained the intensity and sort of suspense and energy of the first 10 minutes mm-hmm. before the credit sequence, yeah. I would say that this was the equal or better than its original source material it doesn't maintain that momentum but this has one of the best cold opens for a movie that i can think of
0: it does pardon pardon my uh sexual language here but it does blow its cinematic cloak quite <coughs> early with that opening sequence um it i mean there are some other thrilling and horrific moments but yeah uh, that even from when they are falling asleep to him waking up and the girl comes in and all of that. That is well shot, well made, well paced, put together. It is quite the opening. So,
1: here's our story. Canadian Sarah Polly. this movie was shot in Toronto, by the way, Canadian made. She's a nurse, and uh, we've been hearing weird radio reports. We're sort of getting the strange vibe, but she hasn't yet. She's come off a night shift. She comes home to snuggle with her husband. They... Ball also, leave. a famous Canadian actor. Yeah. Though, not, a, not as famous as Sarah Pauli, but well he didn't have as much to do. Yes. <laughs> so, um, they wake up first thing the next morning, and the neighbor's kid is standing in their bedroom, and, and she's, she's dead, not right? <laughs> and she attacks and kills Sarah Pauli's husband, and she narrowly escapes yep. in a very harrowing adventure. Well-made stunt. Falls out of the house, spills into her neighborhood, and sees that she's not alone. Whatever is happening to her is happening to everyone, and the world overnight instantly has turned to chaos. And she stumbles upon a mall and a bunch of survivors taking refuge there, most notably Ving Rhames yep. as a sort of driven police officer. Ty Burrell shows up halfway. Ty Burrell, who's uh, made a name for himself. In... The guy Cypher? So, yeah, it there's a strong, good, solid cast here. Nobody is no weak links. Matt Furrier. And um, basically, we sort of collect a bunch of survivors at the mall. Yep. They stay at the, lo- the mall as long as they can before realizing that it's you know not a good place to be. And they attempt a bold escape from the zombie-infested city. Yes. So, it shares the setting and the fact that there are zombies with the original Dawn of the Dead. But, yes. that's about it. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. But I'm not going to necessarily complain because I think if they'd have you know gone with another series of SWAT team and another news crew from a TV station and had sort of borrowed their plot too implicitly from the original, yeah, I would get that. Why did we bother? Thing. Yeah. In a way, the smart move was jettisoning the satire and just focusing on making this a really fun action horror movie. Yes. Because as
0: it turns out, it's a really fun action horror movie. <laughs> Yes, it it, uh, it has its pauses, but when it gets going, it's quite the tense, violent feat.
1: I would say it's probably more of a fun, <coughs> exciting movie than it is a horror one, with yep. the exception of that opening scene and a memorably disturbing bit involving a pregnant woman yes. who is infected and slowly changes. Yeah, The second we see here, we know this is not going to end well, and it doesn't. I remember seeing this movie in the theater, and when the zombie baby showed up, people laughed, Yeah, but I think it was that sort of, oh my god, uncomfortable laugh. Yes, How you feel about the effect is how you feel about the effect, but I think the idea of it is horrible enough that even if they'd done it with a sock puppet, it would still have some sort of punch to it, you know? Is this the first time we have a zombie baby? i don't think it's the first time we have a zombie baby but it's certainly the most graphic time yeah we have a zombie baby yep unless you want to count dead alive but it's that movie's Ah, just so fucking ridiculous across the board yeah Yeah. um this is i mean it's fun but the stakes are real the characters are real we don't want to have bad things happen to these people and they do and will inevitably
0: yes Yes. Mackay well, Pfeiffer particularly gets a rough ride in this movie. Yeah, yes, yes, he does. He's really good in it. You know, at this point, Mackay Pfeiffer has kind of put out some really good roles. Um, he's in that Oh Clockers, he's really good. I'm surprised he never you know, made it bigger. But anyways, I digress. So, um, what do I want to say about Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead? <laughs> well, it's the sort of dumber cousin, but it's the really good-looking cousin of the story. Yeah. Um, it's well shot, well edited. Um, obviously, they have a lot of love, and there's little homages to the first Dawn of the Dead, peppered throughout this movie. Yeah, good use of the Johnny Cash song, I think.
1: It gets away with murder in a lot of ways for me. As far as its fairly radical shifts in tone, I it, it gets away with surprising levels of deliberate humor. Mm. the whole sequence where they're using sniper rifles to kill zombies that resemble mm, celebrities. celebrities yeah um it's pretty dark and it's played as pretty darkly funny like they all know that it's dark but they're doing it because what the fuck, fuck. else are we gonna You're do, do? <laughs> yeah yeah uh, that's you know it's an interesting thing i like the idea of the guy who's trapped on the roof of his gun store yeah has all the guns in the world and it's across a parking lot from a sea of zombies to them and he might as well be on another planet yeah <laughs> um And their attempt to rescue him and get more ammunition is sort of uh, what sort of spills into their attempt to escape the mall itself. When it becomes increasingly clear that no help is coming. Yeah. What I didn't miss from the original is sort of that long sort of we're all going crazy because we're living life in a mall. We have all the things that we could possibly need. Yeah. But we're not happy. Um, I still felt the stakes that everybody's family had died a few days ago. And yeah. that was still worn on people's faces. So many zombie movies seem to forget that. Yeah. That everybody would be...
0: Everyone's dealing with PTSD, essentially. Yeah,
1: everybody's grieving. Everybody's in shock. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and everybody's just got this bewildered expression as they're watching all of these atrocities pile up in front of them. Yeah. I... Uh, there's a few small quibbly things that I would have. What's that? Um, some of the CGI in it, I don't know, when, in the larger shots where we're seeing thousands and thousands of zombies. When the truck blows up. Yeah, yeah that's a good example. Um, then I'm like, I'm taken out of it momentarily for Computer World. Yeah. But that said, that happens to me in some shots in Lords of the Ring, too. Yeah. Like, uh, it's just too much CGI, especially yeah. when you got... You know, a lot of really good practical effects. Too much CGI kind of reminds me movie, movie, movie. Um, If the fact that it's zombies (laughs) isn't enough for me, Mm -hmm. Um, there's another sequence when they are being chased out of the sewer, which is interesting. Uh, There's like one more door left that they're they're trying to get the people on the other side to open up. And the zombies are coming behind them, the zombies are coming behind them, mm-hmm. and they're racing up and they're coming around the corner, and it looks like they're about to be eaten. And as the zombies round the corner and see them, mm-hmm. all of the zombies simultaneously stop. And it's just like, it's almost to punctuate, this is a suspenseful moment. Yeah. But I'm like, why did the zombies stop? because they were asked to by the director that just like they were on a dead run yeah and their their prey was cornered but instead of just taking them they stopped and that air was of course enough air for the uh, our heroes to escape briefly yeah uh, it's just one moment that doesn't read necessarily well um But for the most part, like, I like it. I like that when they first meet the security guards to the mall, they're complete dicks. Yes. And, uh... uh,
0: Played by Michael Kelly and Kevin Ziegers, Zegers, Zegers, yeah. Zegers Uh, and... What's that? Is it Michael Barry? The head security officer. It's Michael Kelly, who is in... House uh, of Cards.
1: House of Cards. And he was also in the the Pacific, I believe. Yeah. Anyway, I really like that character because yeah. we start out disliking him, and we sort of go on an arc, yeah. and uh, we see his, we see his use. Yeah, we see where you know he might be an okay dude to have with you in the apocalypse. Yeah, but his initial position upon seeing people in his mall is "fuck you, get, get out." Edge. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, that's not a very good or understandable position when yeah. the world is turning that quickly against you. Anybody who's alive for the first little while, especially if you're in a mall, should be your friend. Yeah. I don't know. Zack Snyder has done movies that are much more visually strong after this. Uh, You know, 300 is abtacular. And uh, The Watchmen is a very sort of meticulous attempt to bring a graphic novel to the screen. Uh, Sucker Punch is like... Terrible. It's like Brazil with, you know, strippers. It's a huge, huge misfire. But anyways, Uh, uh, we're we're not here to talk about... But I'm just saying... uh, I started this by saying, yes, this is "For me, movie. this is his
0: high water mark.
1: What, what for you
0: beats it?" Um, I really enjoy Watchmen. I think Watchmen's playing with grander and more adult themes. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can quibble about how how faithful it is to the text, which is quite quite a bit, with exception of the you know the ending. Right. Um, so I guess you know it, it's kind of hard. As much as *Dawn of the Dead* is a well-made, thr- you know, action thriller. To try and compare it with Watchmen, it just has this. Too many Watchmen has this edge?
1: not just anybody could make the Watchmen. Exactly. Arguably, anybody. and here's the
0: thing about like I mean, say what you will about 300. It is a well-made, stylized action thriller.
1: Right. So, um, it it looks pretty. They obviously, it, yeah. you know, it, it, I understand why it made money. Absolutely, yeah. Zack Snyder
0: just, knows how to make an action film. He I think
1: he movie. knows how to make good-looking movies. Yes. His storytelling's a little wonky for me.
0: Yeah. Personally. Yeah.
1: Um and, and I, I I hope to keep hope to be proven wrong. Yeah. Um going back to this uh Dawn of the Dead remake. <laughs> yes. We're going a little bit sidetracked. Yeah. Right? I think the only times the movie really stops is when he lets his foot off the gas a little bit. Yeah. He's really good at handling the suspense, really good at handling the action and really good at getting this the emotion's there, mm-hmm. but when they start and have a personal moment, yeah. when, uh, you know, the Sarah Polly character uh, starts being flirted with a, uh, one of the survivors. Jake Weber, I think. Jake Weber, thank you. Uh, it Romance always seems weird and out of place in zombie yeah. movies, but it seems especially weird and out of place in this one in that, like, like I said, a week ago he was married with children, and a week ago, you know. She had a husband. She had a husband. Yeah. yeah. And it, th- that moment just doesn't read well. It doesn't ring true and it seems forced and contrived. Yes. Yeah, uh, but then when I was talking about the death by accident, mm-hmm. there's a great scene when they're making their escape from the mall property and they have holes and, and slats sort of cut in the side mm-hmm. of the, the vehicle so that they can chainsaw the zombies off the side of the vehicle. Yeah. The vehicle takes a soft turn, or a hard turn, yeah. and a uh, guy loses his balance with the chainsaw. And one of our survivors is There's not the blonde one? Yeah, the, she is more or less almost cut in half. Yeah. Whoops. You. I like that. I mean, it it sort of seems like there's enough of a threat outside that we don't need this internal thing, but uh, yeah. bad shit happens, especially if you're in a panicky moment, and that definitely
0: qualifies. It's a nice touch. Yeah. It's a nice touch. No, I mean the man knows how to make a well, you know, a good-looking, well-paced action film. Um, he's trying meteor stuff, so you know I- I've seen the growth in Zack Snyder. That's why I'm hesitant to say Dawn of the Dead is his best movie, because he's gr- he's growing and evolving as a filmmaker. Right. It seems to me he's going to be stuck in superhero mode for a while, which is a little bit disappointing. But yeah. but no, Dawn of the Dead is good. Um, I-, I can't wait. I can't quite you know lay the gauntlet down that you know it's the best of his movies but it, it is definitely well made the changes are nice but gone is the social commentary it's a very um,
1: good movie and yeah. it breaks all the rules of remakes in that it takes very little from its source material like I said yep. other than the setting and the fact that there are zombies yep. but it is still a fitting tribute yep and a great entertainment.
0: Yep. a dozen
2: messages. They're at the hospital. Half the sick. We're overwhelmed. What the hell happened here?
1: We're blocking all phone lines until we get control of the situation.
2: Did the wounds look like bite marks? What? That?
0: Now, we really need a doctor. They're the only ones left alive.
2: Where the hell are you guys? In a world of the living dead.
1: No way to run. No one's gonna be killed! No place to hide. No, no, no. No. Today is...
2: We got company. The Day of the Dead.
0: Someone here is infected. Well, what are we gonna do? I'm
2: not gonna die here.
1: So it's time to talk about, and not to tip my hand too much, the immensely disappointing remake The Day of the Dead. <laughs> Wow. Uh, I, I know that, that t- you're t- not a hand, yes. big fan of the original Day of the Dead. At least it didn't yes. rank as particularly high on the list for you yes. with the original mm-hmm. Romero films. Yeah. But I got the feeling that Day of the Dead, everybody who worked on the original Day of the Dead wanted to be there and was really passionate about making A lot of love went
0: into Day of the Dead. You can't, it, you can't, are you there? They
1: wanted to make a good looking, you know, meaty, for lack of a better term, zombie movie that yeah. you hadn't seen before. Yeah. I don't get that impression watching this one.
0: This was, this was greenlit because of the success of Dawn of the Dead. Uh, yeah. Really.
1: I think that other than Ving Rhames, who apparently I think must like doing zombie movies because he shows up in a lot
0: of them. We'll get to, we'll get to Ving.
1: Um, nobody here seems to really want to be there.
0: <laughs> no one does. It Ving doesn't... looks bored in this movie. He literally looks... Bored when we first he first meet fun him. Being a zombie, spoilers. Yeah. I think once he's a zombie, I
1: think he's kind of getting. He's into only it. a
0: zombie for what? five Two scenes. Two yeah. scenes, and that's it. Yeah. Like you, you almost sort of have to. I, I know Ven needs to eat and work and yeah. and whatnot. I mean, whatever. finding out off Day of the Dead, but his role is so small and in a lot of ways insignificant ex- ex- that you kind of go like he looks bored throughout the movie. He's then there. he dies. Yeah. Then he's a zombie for a couple scenes and that's it so it's kind of like
1: he's there so they can put the name and Ving Rhames on <laughs> the yeah. DVD case yeah um, and the movie doesn't do much better to the left and right of it I don't know who chose to cast Mina Savari as Sarah this Bowman. movie is hugely miscast across the board like Not she's just supposed to be a tough as nails military chick right And, and she looks like a gust of wind would bruise her face <laughs> Like, she yeah. just doesn't look tight. I don't believe her. Yeah, no. I know she can put her hair back tight in a ponytail and talk in a serious robotic voice. Yeah. But I don't believe
0: she could take a punch in the
1: face. Yeah, no. She, Nor she, could she give one. Yeah. I'm sorry if that sounds, like, dismissive or sexist no, it, it's, or whatever. No, it,
0: it's not just, her, not just her who's just horribly miscast or just downright terrible. Nick Cannon, every time he opens his mouth in this movie, you're like, Wah! both of them are terrible or, yeah. or just hugely miscast. And Nick Cannon playing the character of Salazar
1: who's sort of the wacky black guy, right? Yes. For lack of a better word. Well Smith Q. Yeah. Short of saying, damn, every second line. But it's not even short of that. It's, it's sort of exactly that. Yeah. Everything I was talking about with Dawn of the Dead with the uh, sort of stakes. Yeah. With the sort of stakes of the uh, situation being taken seriously yeah. are not present in Day of the Dead. Yep. Everybody clearly knows that they're in a movie. And yep. from the look on their faces, everybody knows
0: they're in a not very good movie. Well, uh, once again, I have theories about this. And I talked about this earlier off you know, off uh, microphone, if you will. Right. That I think what happened here is someone wrote, a, you know, a sort of a half-decent zombie movie. Dawn of the Dead remake came out and was a huge hit. And so some producers saw this and went, hey, why don't we change a couple of names here um, slap on Day of the Dead get the rights and boom here we go yeah. it's it, it, interesting
1: you say that cause that's, not
0: even in spirit is this a rem- I mean yes an army base is involved in this movie but they don't really get to this underground bunker until the quarter part and it's so much not even in spirit a, a remake of Day of the Dead they have a Bud character there's a character I, that's what I was about to yeah. say Bud. I've seen that actor
1: before he yeah. was in uh, Band of Brothers I yeah. think um, yeah He's not a bad actor, but he's got a tough role, yeah. and not only do they not try to explain why Bo, Bub is a sentient creature, in, in in the original day, at least, he's being trained for weeks and months by a doctor. Yeah. In this one, it seems like he had a crush on Mina Savari, yeah. and he was a vegetarian. Those are the two things we knew about him before he got bit. Yeah. So once he got changed, he still likes Mina Savari, yeah. and
0: he's a... Vegetarian zombie. zombie? Yeah, I know. This is the level that we're dealing with here.
1: That really hurt to say out loud.
0: Yeah, I know. Yeah, oh. Like,
1: the fact that they included a character named Bud tells me that, structurally, at some point, I think they it just, was an add-on. I just,
0: yeah, yeah. I think it was a total add-on. Let's just change this character to be Bud, and off, off we go.
1: Also, can I say terrible CGI throughout?
0: Not only terrible CGI, but... I think the editing really stuck out to me this time about how like generically TV it was. Let's try and be, you know, cool with the fast sped up cuts and whatnot. Yeah. But
1: quick editing cuts flash cuts between but edits it seemed that make a an so illusion of something happening.
0: Dull. Yeah. That it made even the sort of action scenes just uh, no. It's
1: uh, the the sort of in between quick cutting scenes you're talking about yeah. have the same effect of like a needle scratch on a record for me. Yeah, it's just like ow that hurt my ears and why are you doing that? You're you where'd the music go? Yeah, and it's not even that we're listening to good music. I'm the kind of guy that I can sit back and get behind a zombie movie that is completely stupid. Yeah, and that the in the interest of playing devil's advocate, yeah. the one thing I will get for this Day of the Dead yeah. is that it moves. It moves pretty quickly, and there's a lot of violence in it.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, it will hold your attention, but it's yeah. not worth your attention.
0: It's just strange because the director of this is Steve Miner, and say what you will, but he has at least made competent slasher thrillers. Like he's been in this, you know, playground before, and has made competent thrillers. Say what you will about Lake Placid, but at least you can say it was competently he made he seems
1: like a solid enough for hire director yes. uh, of genre yeah. but like i say i think that you wanted somebody who was passionate and excited about making a remake of day of the dead not just some guy and uh, steve Miner, i didn't get the impression was super excited to be working in the zombie genre and wasn't you know worried about doing justice to george a. romero's original concept yeah like there's so many places they could go in this. The original script that George Romero wrote for Day of the Dead, yeah. you can get it online and with special editions of the movie. Yeah. Uh why not try to, you know, base your screenplay on his original concept?
0: Yeah. Or I, Oh, I agree. I think the idea of having a whole bunch of people suffering extreme PTSD locked down in an army bunker with this huge threat just waiting for them outside and seeing the pathos inside that community down is prime for a great zombie story. All they had to do was make the characters likable,
1: yes. which is what the original film failed to do. Yes, They probably weren't going to be able to beat the special effects,
0: but they could have done that. Yeah, I don't understand the choices made throughout this movie. Yeah, well, I think this movie was made by an executive committee and not just by a couple of passionate people. I agree. Um, it seemed very much like a cheap money grab. If you're, if you're looking
1: for somebody to make a low-budget zombie movie, yeah. why not hire somebody who's fucking excited about making a low-budget zombie movie, you know? I believe that those guys are out there. Yeah. Uh, give it, I would say, it to, you know, Steve Miner will get another job. There's some franchise that needs a new chapter, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, if he's not passionate about it, then he'll grab the next thing that comes along. Give Day of the Dead to somebody who cares. Because I care about Day of the Dead, and because I care about Day of the Dead, I do not care for this Day of the Dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, like the casting across the board.
0: Yeah, uh, no, no, deeply questionable. Yeah, no. Like someone, like like I said, I think there was a committee, a committee behind this camera, going, "Okay, let's make this hip and modern and new age." And you know, we get the snappy black guy, we get the fast-paced, you know, kinetic. Editing, um we got, you know, the good looking person, you know, blonde girl, roll camera. Yeah. No, it it hurts. It hurts.
1: With the exception of a amusing sequence in which Ving Rames devours his own mm. eyeball. Yes. I would say none but the biggest zombie fans should hear Empty enter. I just it bums me out. Here's a tissue. <laughs> Short and sweet. You, anything else you want to say about No,
0: food? no. I think the sooner we get off this.
1: <laughs> Why do you eat people?
2: Not people. Brains. How do you kill something that's already dead?
0: Well, how do I don't want to know, Fred? I don't know. Let me think. It's not a bad question, Bert. In that movie, they destroyed the brain to kill him. Is that what they did? The brain, right. Yeah. brains. Right. Ah! Brains. Brains.
2: Oh! The military is nervous.
0: Usual crap.
2: The police are confused. Get off! Get off! Send more cops. It worked in the movie! Well, it ain't working now. Bring the movie.
1: So it's funny. I'm kind of sick, as I mentioned earlier, and semi-delirious. And uh, it seems to me the last time that I sat down to talk about Return of the Living Dead, uh, my friend Ryan Giese was doing an episode with me, and it was so hot in here. We had the fan blowing in our faces, and uh, I was deliriously trying to uh, convince him of the great quality of this work he'd never seen it before it was his first pass and i think maybe if you hadn't grown up with it it was hard to take it all in at once yeah so it didn't rank particularly high for him but uh it did for me on the list yes uh so i've already come out on rank and review as saying i'm a big fan of this movie um i like that it's a zombie comedy and to me it's like the first real zombie comedy i'm sure that there were others before this but this was the. This was the zombie. This comedy. is the gem of the zombie comedies. And it also, it's that punk rock thing. And I don't mean the aesthetic, like the the way they looked, but just the attitude and vibe of the movie is totally yeah. punk. Do you want a party? <laughs> I do want a party. <laughs> it's
2: party time.
1: So yeah, Dan O'Bannon, writer
0: and director. You know what? I'm starting to come around on Dan Ben. I know, I know you and I have had this conversation before and our sort of distrust or even somewhat dislike of Dan Ben. but of late, I'm starting to see how talented this guy was. There's a documentary called Jared, Jaredowski's Dune that I think you yeah, need to I've see. I've seen it. Yeah, yeah okay. and he comes across as quite intelligent and quite good. He
1: also comes off as quite crazy in a, a movie... Actually, about this movie, yeah. <laughs> uh, Return to the Return of the Living Dead, I think it's called. Uh, yeah. Th- yeah, he he he. I got the feeling like he was a, a percentage crazy, yeah. but of course I don't think he's untalented. Yeah, um, I mean uh, he wrote some interesting scripts. Co wrote uh, Alien. He uh, yeah he's credited with the original screenplay for Alien. Although like I say, I'm sure his screenplay and the actual movie of Alien that we saw, yeah, very different. Yeah, um, but you know he. Started his career working with Carpenter, you know, and uh, he he earned his little place in genre, and uh, he wasn't a particularly prolific filmmaker, but for the
0: fact that he made Return of the Living Dead, I'm very grateful. (laughs) There there are basically a, a large handful of films that make me smile from ear to ear, from opening credits to the very end. Blues Brothers is in that group. Big trouble in little Chinas in that group. Even a little they live. Yeah. Return is right in there. Yeah. Nestled right deep going Yeah, there you like it. You like it a lot.
1: There is something grimy and exploitive about it, of course. Yes, I it embraces talked it. about the Linnaeus Quigley com- scene where the chick just strips for no reason in the Sometimes, middle of the graveyard. I just want to be naked. Yeah. I want to be naked in front of my friends. It's just a thing that I do. It's an affectation. Yeah, Um, I guess we should do some some service to the plot. Should we? Should
0: we really for the viewers?
1: Um, If you don't know, and if you don't, you should, uh, a group of friends are hanging out... They're a bunch of punks, really. Yeah. uh, Are hanging out with, uh, inexplicably, a couple of square-looking kids. Yes. And they're waiting for their friend to to get off of work, Freddy. He's starting a new job at a warehouse. And since they have a few hours to kill before Freddy's done work, they decide to kick back in a graveyard and uh, fuck some shit up. And meanwhile, Freddy and uh, his charming new boss, Frank, played by James Caron, inadvertently... S- cause a leak in a couple of containers uh, from the mil- military, which uh, yes. and they immediately uh, poisons they them. They do lip service to Night of Living Dead. Absolutely. It immediately poisons them, and in their attempt to destroy the evidence of the leak and the reanimation that it was uh, causing, the problem spills on into the cemetery. Yes. Zombies come out and run and chase. Yes. Um,. A lot of people will give 20 days later credit for starting the uh, Running Zombies. Not so. Return to the Living Dead. They do. They do have Running
0: Zombies that come upon the ambulance people.
1: A lot of people, when they think of zombies, think brains. That's not Romero. That's That's Return to the the Living Dead zombies. Brains. Brains. Yeah. And the tar zombie. Yeah, the very famous sort of rubbery tar man zombie. War brains. <laughs> yes. Um, a lot of stuff that people would probably assume, in Romero, or quote, sort of zombie rules, or just understood zombie laws, yeah. come from Return of the Living Dead. It's uh, surprisingly influential
0: in that way. Yes. Well, one of the things that, you know, may, makes this movie way better than it actually should be. And, you know, yeah, yeah, we have to do a shout-out to both Frank and Freddy, yeah. James Cairn, and Tom Matthews, I do, do believe
1: is how you pronounce it. Tom Matthews, yeah. He actually is the star of our, uh, my favorite Friday the 13th
0: movie as yes, well. Yes, yes, yes. Part he, 6. Yeah. yeah, he had a bit of a career. Um, but those two make the movie for me. They're awesome. They're yeah. the sort of modern day Abbott and Costello. I another shout out to the character Ernie, played by Don Calfa, Calfa? yeah. who's a you know a friend of Frank's. He they, all three of them. Yeah, and Clue Gallagher as yeah. Bert, the boss. Yes, Clue Gallagher, the great Clue Gallagher. Yeah, I do. I, I love the relationship
1: between. Uh, James Karen and Clue Gallagher, Yeah, James Karen is trying to, you know, keep the situation under control, keep the situation under control, and finally he has yeah. to break down and call the boss. Call Bert. <laughs> yeah, and I just love, I, I love how real they play the situations. Yeah. The comedy is super dark, but it all comes from the situation. Yeah. Uh, with the exception of the zombies themselves, the yeah. characters don't tend to go, ah? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Come on. Uh, the comedy sort
0: of comes out organically in yeah. a lot of ways. Shut your mouth if you like this job. <laughs> like this job? Exactly. Yeah, no, no, they all do very well. And I, I have to give credit both to them, the script, and Dan O'Bannon for doing that. Yeah. All of them are. It, it, it works quite well. They know exactly what kind of movie this is, and they go with it. And the zombie
1: effects, I have to say, are against, awesome.
0: Uh, before
1: Computer Generations taken yeah. over anything. Uh, I talked about it before, but that one female zombie that they cut in half and interrogate—yeah—that interrogation scene is yes. just amazing. Yeah, I really think the like
0: pu- the, the puppeteer, the puppeteers in this movie definitely earn their paycheck.
1: The animatronics are like, yeah, however yep.
0: they're doing that, and the the performance like
1: very very strong. Yeah, and uh, this sort of darkness of so the the fact that. This need they have to eat brains in this one
0: is sort of motivated by physical I was going to ask you, why the choice to eat brains? It's great. I love it. I love it. But why, why the brains and not stick with the whole, they're going to just eat you? I don't because
1: know. Uh, maybe it's an immediate threat or it was a way of him sort of clearly drawing a line between Romero's version of the zombies and his. Yeah. These are also unkillable zombies. And Romero rules if you destroy the brain. They're done, but these guys seem to keep going no matter what you do to them. Which makes me even more terrifying and deadly in that regard. If you regard. cut off their hand, the hand flaps around on the ground and yeah. tries to grab you for some reason. Yes. It's absurd, but these are the rules of this. Yeah. This is not a survivable scenario by any means. No, no, I love the ending because of it. Um, but basically the zombies can say brains and anything that would be an ironic sort of action movie punchline or zinger like yes. send and more paramedics yeah, or whatever send more cops. cops yeah yeah um and again all done with either prosthetics or using genuine amputees in yeah. some cases yeah. to to make it look authentic um for such a silly movie you feel the love. Yes. You know how I was talking about in the Day of the Dead remake where I didn't feel the love? Yes. In this movie I just feel love all over the place. <laughs> like everybody was so into this movie. It was squirting with love. Yeah, so uh big fan. It certainly deserves its cult notoriety. Yeah. Um, oh yes, and it's not it's one of these movies. It's hugely exploitive. Yeah, it's not one of these movies. By the way, that uh, you know was discovered later that slipped past the radar. Right away, everybody seemed to recognize that Return of the Living Dead was special. It did good business. Yeah, and enough uh, to warrant a sequel. Yeah, so you're kind of right and you're in you sort of wish that Dan O'Bannon had to, you know,
0: had his chips together enough to produce more work. But. It has probably one of the most redonkulous scenes of graphic nudity ever put on film. Yes, this is not a complaint, by the way. <laughs> I I know I'm gonna show my biggish side, but I mean I'll be honest. But the excuse for nudity in this movie is outrageous.
1: I honestly am a little bit embarrassed by it. Yeah. Like it's it so comes out of nowhere. Sure. But it's also part of this weird punk rock feel because Why do we have tits now? Because it's time for the titties. You know? Like, there's just... Whatever. And Linnea Quigley is totally fine with it. Like, she wasn't being exploited. She's a woman who is regularly cast because of her willingness to disrobe. Yeah. Um whatever yep. but uh, I do think that it does go on quite a bit oh yes it, 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 it's basically like the Salma Hayek dances with a snake sequence in From dust Till Dawn yeah. only she's full on naked but it does feel like it just keeps going yep and what are all her friends doing dancing and grooving around her like what? A, don't encourage this behavior she's clearly Mentally ill (laughs) to be to be acting out this way. Good friends would ask you, you know, why is she expressing herself in this way? What is But some of them them seem ambivalent, or the men are like, yeah, the guys are into it because they're young and dumb. Yes, the girls, you know, need to get real with her. (laughs) Where is this coming from? This
0: is not safe behavior, I don't think. No, but there's not a lot of safe (laughs) behavior in return. Like we did, I. uh, can we talk about the ending? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, of course, spoilers the ending. Um, the, uh, the general that we meet about halfway or a quarter, quarter mark through the movie, who's also, I think, drunk for most of it. <laughs> <laughs> we
1: get the idea he's been waiting for these canisters of gas to
0: be found. And... What's the line he keeps on repeating? I can't remember. It's not, uh, you know, I took, it, I took the wrong way to quit smoking. That's airplane. But it's something... I don't know what you're referring to. That's weird because I've seen this movie a lot of times. Oh god! Oh, there's something about this general that's uh, he, or maybe it's just his day. was crap. Everything was crap. Yeah. Yes.
1: Uh, he's obviously a grumpy curmudgeon, and yeah. he's been waiting to get this phone call of these things discovered. Like he, it's like he can't retire. Yes. He can't put his book, his effects in order yeah. until
0: this fuck up is corrected. Yes. And there's a wall of lights. And I think it's remember this now. He just said everything was crap. Yeah, his poor wife is just waiting for him as he gets home. Yeah with and slippers
1: and almost a pipe He can finally deal with this situation, but he deals yeah. with it swiftly and severely yeah. now Maybe that's necessary. Maybe it's the right call But the movie language tells us that it's a it's a bad call Yeah, I actually always thought it was interesting that when they did do the sequel that they bothered with the canisters again Yeah, because it seemed implied by the movie spoilers everybody dies nihilism wins the day in this comedy they drop the bomb and the whole area is just blown up yeah but we see all of the smoke from the fires rising into the sky and it goes we see the rain falling down on another graveyard and all they've done is made it worse increase the problem roll credits while punk music plays they didn't need to bother re re explaining the zombies
0: for the next movie. They yep. could have just made the next movie. I love the Frank I love the fact that Frank kills himself. He sort of wheels himself into the cremator and cries and presses the on button. Yeah. I thought that was a nice touch.
1: Weirdly weirdly, I guess, kinda of sweet moment. Do you get the feeling like Frank's got a wife at home who loves him and he loves her. Yeah. And, uh, uh he has to yeah, cremate himself, which is a particularly nasty way to go. Yeah. Um and you were talking about the relationship between uh, he and, and Tom Matthews. Yeah. When they are originally gassed, they're killed by the gas. Oh, yeah. They just don't realize it. They're yeah. actually zombies for a while. It takes a while for their brains to catch up to the yeah. whole being a zombie thing. Yeah. <laughs> but their slow discovery and their painful transformation is at once, you know, horrifying and quite funny. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, it is. There's a great sequence with these paramedics (laughs) trying to do uh, just... Basic ex- experiments on them you know yeah. blood pressure, <laughs> you, yeah. know, pulse, you know pulse, nothing, no reflexes, nothing. Very, it's very Marx Brothers, in a the and, and they both switch to yeah. the other guy to check each other's equipment, and yeah. they both sort of stand up and like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's I, that's the best humor of this movie. Like I say, it's situational. It's really, very kind of organic. I think
0: that taxidermy dog being beaten to death by the crutch. <laughs> that that for me at that point, I but still again, think
1: it's seems strangely natural they supplied veterinary schools so oh, no! split dogs yeah the split dogs were resurrected by the guests and they were making noise i would think peter jackson would love this movie <laughs> i would think anybody who's got a percentage of sort of genre crazy in their yeah in their mood yeah i would like it some people would made uncomfortable by that naked scene but it's one and done. I, yeah. Well, I guess Linnea Quigley is it's basically so ridic- naked for the it's rest so of the movie. It's so ridiculous
0: and knows that it's it's, it's exploitive. It that, knows that it's crazy. Yeah. That's the thing. You're right. Okay.
1: Finish, what year is this movie? I want to say eighty
0: four. Um, because this wouldn't be like the this would, it would be eighty five according to the DVD. Eighty five. So I'm thinking like Evil Dead Two. What year is Evil Dead Two? Is that the same eighty five? No, I think it's a little past there. So would this be like the whole start of the sort of horror comedies? Can we lay that out at Return of the Living Dead? Well, probably Ghostbusters.
1: Probably Ghostbusters. Alright, you you have it there. there. But this is a hard R horror comedy. Yeah, Ghostbusters was spreading a much wider net. You could bring your kids to Ghostbusters. Do not bring your kids Kids to to Return Return of the Living dead. Dead. Yeah. A
2: deadly experiment,
0: a freak accident, a secret
2: that will be carried to the grave as the horror classic
0: is reborn. Return of the Living Dead, part two, Jesse
2: will be the first to know Billy will be the first to
1: go We've going to get out of here get to my phone Seven of the Living ah. against an army of the dead starved for life So, Return of the Living Dead Part 2 Sequels generally had a hard time in the 80s? Yes. Maybe that's part of the reason people were so surprised by Return of the Living Dead, because they looked at it as a sequel of sorts to Night of the Living Dead, even though it was kind of an alternate world, just a branch off the tree of Romero. Yep. Typically, I find in the 80s, sequels didn't do well. They tended to just go darker and dumber. I I don't necessarily think they went darker, but they definitely went dumber in, in this one. And uh, they did that thing, you'll see a lot of the 80s and the early 90s, where like, what worked in the first movie?
0: Well, we like it, these two actors, so it, let's it bring creates, these two actors you know, back. The great, one of the great cardinal sins of any movie, which is, it's more of the same. Like, literally the jokes yeah. are the same. They know.
1: die hard to this. Yes. To a pretty bad degree. The same char- same actors play variations of the same characters in variations of the same situations, telling the same jokes but looking at the camera and
0: winking awkwardly while they do it. I love the fact that you referenced and made, and made light of Die Hard 2 all the same time. <laughs> yeah. it's You've created another Jump the Shark. They Die Hard 2'd <laughs> it. it. All right, well, that's, that's the most obvious there example. Have, where there's they, the new, they take all new the, saying for you. They
1: take all the elements, you know. Christmas, hostage negotiation, yeah, yeah, yeah. crawling through vans, blah, blah, blah. They blah, Die Hard 2'd it. Okay. But, but, so, sometimes you can make that fly. Mm-hmm. And, uh... The writer-director that they have Ken Weedlehorn, nice Wiedelhorn. Wiedelhorn. Uh, he's known for Meatballs 2 and a bunch oh. of other movies. Like This was not his first rodeo, and he did write... The, horn. Yeah. It's not his first rodeo. He did write the script. But again, much like when I was talking about the remake of Day, I do not feel the love here. I really feel like they were just trying to repeat what worked in the first movie, and by making all the comedy the winking uh and not necessarily organic and situational like I praised the first one for yeah that didn't work and anything that they added was to the detriment of the movie I don't as a rule like horror movies where the main characters are kids because I don't feel scared for them that's definitely the case with the main character of this movie yeah, you know, when I saw the kid filing through his comic collection at the beginning of the movie, no part of me believed that he was seriously on the table for any real kind of death. Yeah, right? and I also think that that little kid, with the exception of the returning uh, Tom Matthews and James Karen, yeah, is probably the best actor.
0: <laughs> no, there's a lot of grading going on in this there's, movie.
1: There's some pretty wooden acting throughout. Yeah. Some of the kids are bad, but I will give them a pass. But a lot of the adults are bad. The
0: girlfriend is unbelievably terrible. What's her name again?
1: I was trying to remember the character's name, but... Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Lucy. Uh, Marsha Dytlin plays Lucy Wilson. Sorry,
0: Marsha, if you're listening to this, but here we go. Brutal. Sorry, and it, it's, it's your it, first movie. I get it, but it, Wow
1: it's not entirely her fault because the character is really annoying yeah but she is screaming and shrill and whiny yeah and her boyfriend's a grave robber and she waits in the fucking car while he's pulling jewelry off of corpses right yeah and she's totally okay with that We don't care if any of these people die, right? We kind of care if the kid dies, but mainly because he's a kid who's bullied and collects comics. And we're nerdy zombie fans, so we remember being kids who were bullied and collected comics. Yeah. But nobody else in the movie is worth cheering for. His older sister seems to hate his guts. She's completely shitty to this friendly cable guy who shows up and is clearly crushing on him. yeah. But... Everything she says to him is shitty, even when he repeatedly attempts to save her from zombies.
0: She's 100% snark across the board. Yeah, I don't know, like... Do you know who they should have gotten to make this movie? Somebody who cared? Joe Dante. (laughs) I think he would have been perfect, ripe, ripe for something like this. That's that's what I sort of feel when I come away from Return of the Living Dead, is that you should have gotten someone who could bring something new to the table and say no and has a love for the genre yeah Uh, yeah like you said earlier somebody who wants it someone who likes it Um, again
1: what worked the first time let's do that again and we'll throw some kids in there yeah
0: that was about as deep as the thoughts seemed to get on it I felt nothing through this That, Ah. that, 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 that was the one thing the end credits rolled and it was sort of eh eh
1: I'm going to say one positive thing, for sure. Sure, okay. There's some magnificent zombie effects in the movie. Uh. There's a couple of scenes. The first zombie that, uh, that the James Caron g- character encounters, uh, it sits up and he swacks it in the head and it sort of looks at him. and It, it almost looks like one of those Beetlejuice creations mm-hmm. in a way. Like It doesn't look 100% real, but it's a wonderful, marvelous-looking puppet. Mm-hmm. And uh, Again... They look right. There's the the whole zombie who gets stabbed in the head with a screwdriver and is being lifted and she's screaming and yelling at them. Like, the special effects are good. Somebody put time and care and love into those special effects, but nobody put any time into the script. Mm-hmm. And obviously not a lot of care into the casting among, beyond, you know, who can we get back from the original.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, and and even Tom Matthews and, and I'm sorry, what's the other guy's name again? James Karen. They um, look a little embarrassed. Yeah, they, well, once again, they look bored. Yeah,
1: well, I mean, it was a paycheck, and uh, they had fun making the first movie. But so I think why not? They, they, you know, they'll take the paycheck. But I think they must have realized pretty quickly, like, oh, dude, this is it's too bad. Uh, they almost almost killed the franchise with this movie because mm-hmm. this movie was kind of the. Polar opposite response to the original, whereas the original was well received and it's just money. sad that you can make it a... poorly recei- received. It's sad bombs. that
0: you can, you know, and yeah, I guess you have to, have to try really hard to make a dull zombie film, but yet somehow they they can pull it off. Yeah,
1: well, and well, I guess there was a bit of a zombie renaissance in the eighties, but it's certainly not like now where there's zombies left, right, and center. People just get tired of seeing them.
0: But I felt nothing, The yeah. I did nothing. not laugh.
1: I did not cringe. I, I just. just Felt the time drifting by and my ass getting numb. Apathy. Yeah. God,
0: Kurt, that was incredible. Let's do it again. Contain it, dammit! Seal it off now! Is that what I'm going to become?
2: These poor dead bastards crave brains. She bit me dead, She gave me something bad. I feel so hungry never find you down here
0: what have you done if she attacks him he becomes like her
2: i just get a little confused sometimes no! love never dies
1: brian yusna yo uh yusna okay. yusna he uh, seems to work a lot with Stuart Gordon. Which is a good thing. And um, he, likes Stuart Gordon, seems to specialize in sort of hard-R, low-budget
0: genre entries. Yeah. A lot of times they'll uh, shoot... Did a couple of reanimators. Yeah. Uh, he did The Dentist, if anyone's seen that at sequel. Uh, a lot of the movies they
1: shoot in Europe for uh, budgetary purposes. Yeah. So they have weird dubbing to them, and there's... Usually Strange Peaks and Valleys. There'll be really good special effects but not great performances or really good performances but not great special effects. <laughs> so yeah. There seems to be a, a push and pull with him. Yeah. But he's an interesting choice. Wrote Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. That's right. He's an interesting choice to do Return of the Living Dead Part 3. Yes. And he's definitely somebody who came with, like, what am I going to bring to this? He was a fan of the the series, he said. I mean, he might have just been being polite about... Part 2, which you and I were not, um, but he wanted to find a way to make a Return of the Living Dead Part 3 that was a valid entry into the series, but did something a little different. Yeah. And uh, the way they found to do this is to sort of, in a vague, somewhat structural way, do kind of a Romeo and Juliet little bit. tragic love story. Yeah. And build that around these crazy zombie effects. And the off-kilter violence and humor that we would expect from a return of the Living Dead vehicle. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not going to say it's a 100% lock, slam bang, well played success. You know, yeah. I can't because there's some very real problems. Mm-hmm. But I think that com- coming off of part two, yeah. this is what you know a sequel to the Return of the Living Dead probably should have looked like.
0: Well, it, it, it succeeds that they. It's different. Yeah, I mean it's still that zany, goofy, bizarre, late-night drive-in. Anything can happen. Feel to it, especially when they they get to underneath the river in those tunnels. That movie's kind of you know, goes off the loony bin a little bit, to its benefit, I find. Yeah. But uh, so right off the bat, it, there's something new to this.
1: You don't necessarily know where the movie's going. Yeah. And uh, you know there is no map they're not constantly winking at you about the previous movie yeah. but there are yeah. things tethering it to it trioxin yeah. is involved the military is involved yeah. um, sort of teenagers being dumb teenagers sort of play a part into, into it yeah. basic story is the son of a high ranking military official uh, sneaks his girlfriend uh, into a, a, a science lab after a horrible accident well she is essentially you know invites herself in yeah Well, but once they realize that this place is, you know, has toxins that can bring people back to life, when she dies in a terrible accident, he wants to bring her back, and uh, she is resuscitated, but remembers who she is, and remembers that she loves him, but is increasingly having to deal with the fact that she's got this hunger. Yeah. And interestingly, as we progress through the story, she finds she's able to satiate her hunger through pain. Yes. Acts of self-mutilation and violence sort of seem to quench her need to chew on some brains Good,
0: good old sadomasochism
1: going on here so he loves her she loves him but she's turning into a monster the military are after them and through complicated workings of the plot so are some gang members some hoods yeah and they get mixed up with the sewer
0: dude a.s.a. come be my poppy <laughs> those guys i'm like so glad the stereotypical racism is still alive and, yeah. and well and that's that's
1: some of the stuff that i would like this script G- has some pretty serious problems and yeah. there's definitely some generalization Stereo- stereotypes less than enlightened yeah, sort of Betrayals of ethnic people happen here um it's weird because it's kind of that really awkward i don't think it was deliberate racism but it was there you know yeah but i look past it uh, i also think some of the effects and i'm usually the guy who will praise all of the prosthetic effects yeah makeup effects are my my choice yeah some of them look like they're wearing a rubber costume or, yeah. or, or or kind of silly they had a budget with this uh some of the zombies it's look, budget. some of the zombies look significantly better than others is yeah. what i'll say yeah um but because i didn't know where the movie was going from one sequence to the next and because the zombies look good and i was sort of constantly off balance uh, i was able to see past the flaws and find actually a pretty solid zombie
0: sequel, and one that I think people kind of might have missed. Um, A shout-out has to go to Melinda Clark, who plays... uh, The lead. uh, our essentially our antagonist. We were on color of that. Um, (laughs) The girlfriend who essentially kick-starts the whole thing. I mean, the boyfriend does kind of go along with the ride, but she's the one that creates her own demise in
1: a lot of ways. She's like uh living-on-the-edge daredevil, yeah. con- high-maintenance girlfriend. Yeah. Again, it, the, the, it speaks to sort of the passionate love of the teenage years. Yeah. When you're in love as a teenager, you're so in love, and yeah. it's going to be forever. But really, this person is exhausting. Just, like, give it six months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Everybody just needs to calm
0: down a little bit. It's it's, but, kind, it's kind of funny, though, that uh, Linda Clark looks a lot like a young... What's her name from Superman 2? Uh, who's in this movie uh, Sarah what's her name Sarah Douglas hmm. who she um, yeah she was the, the female uh, um, you know that trio from Superman 2 hmm. General Zod oh Superman
1: 2 the original Superman
0: yes 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 yes, yes. anyways that, uh, Sarah Douglas uh, who was in Superman 2 she's in here as this, one of the sort of generals of the right. army and she looks a lot like our lead actor when she was younger Huh. i thought that was sort of an interesting little take on it i missed that
1: um for the nerds out there and yes. the firefly fans out there yes the lead uh, actress the 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 lead hot zombie whose name i'm trying to get to here on the uh internet movie database Linda clark was the it's main the, character
0: yeah the girl who gets the
1: okay Linda clark thank you um she shows up in Firefly. There's an episode of Firefly where Mal and the gang are, are protecting these um, prostitutes. Yes. In a sort of western planet. and yes. this Mal sleeps with her and she's killed. Okay. It's funny because I remember watching that with with my wife and I was like, who is that chick? Yeah. I know that chick. Yeah. She's the <laughs> sexy zombie from Return when of the Living, living Dead. Okay. okay. That, that,
0: that was very nerdy. high five. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nerdy, nerdy notice.
1: But here's the thing yeah. I would like to say about that. That's a tough role to approach and a tough no role to, to cast. Yeah. And then I've, I've been in the awkward position of trying to cast somebody where you're going to ask someone you don't know to do something that's somewhat uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. She's wearing a makeup effect, but it's over her herself. Um, she Those weren't actually her breasts that were yeah. exposed, but she, she did have to show some nudity for it. Yeah. And... Unset, it basically looks like she's walking around with her boobs hanging out the whole time. Yeah. But basically, she's wearing an entire body prosthesis. Yeah. And she's trying to deliver this performance through it. Yeah. She and does I well. think she does amazingly no, well. No, she, she makes the movie work. It's not an easy thing to do. And if they'd cast Linnea Quigley or just some porn actress because they wanted somebody who was willing to show skin, yeah. but didn't hire somebody who was willing to act, yeah it would have really hurt the movie. And yeah. it would could have been easily done. Um it's a brave thing to do, and I think it's kind of not fair that men aren't asked to do it so often. Like, yeah, it's not going to be in your contract that you got to hang out with your wang out in this movie. It doesn't <laughs> happen, but for the for women, that's that's the case. You know.
0: So, so you're saying that Return of the Living Dead needed more wang?
1: Well, uh, maybe we need to equalize the nudity somewhat. I don't know. I don't. I don't particularly need more wang, but uh, <laughs> maybe <laughs> the ladies do. Are, are you sure? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm not. Maybe seeing the Wang would be a real deal breaker. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> on like, that, did, note, I, yeah. did I did I did I sway off topic? You there? did <laughs> <laughs>
0: talk of Wang to sway us. All right. Um, no, this movie. I, I was I was surprised by it. I, I guess after the the low expectations of number two, uh, I, I pressed play thinking, Okay, let's here we this. go.
1: Let's get this done for Larry's podcast. And that's interesting because this was their first pass on it, right? Yeah. That's cool. I I couldn't decide because I remember I watched this with a friend of mine when it first came out. Yeah. And we kind of made fun of it and went, oh, lame movie, blah, blah, blah. Titty zombie. Yeah. But it kind of stuck in my head and uh, I remember seeking it out again and thinking, you know what? This movie ain't bad and that's kind of where I land you know it's not
0: bad yeah. it's certainly not amazing <laughs> no well, Brian Yuzna will never you know make a Pulitzer Prize winning classic I have to give a special shout out to Basil Wallace who plays the river, man the, river the, the, man the I'm the river man in this movie as well very for, cruel fate for that character yeah you might remember him from that awful Steven Seagal movie Mark for Death where he played Screwface okay <coughs> he's also in Blood Diamond okay uh, he's kind of like Zig Smokey for you know sometimes during the eighties and nineties he sort be villain, cast villain the, as the sort of African warlord who was the villain or Jamaican mobster whatever right he's he's quite good in this movie as well
1: yeah he, he he's
0: crazy and he's obviously this homeless guy
1: yeah but he helps our heroes and for his help he is first killed. Then collected by the military, turned into a zombie, yeah. and then had his
0: body fucking
1: obliterated.
0: Yeah, you really feel sorry for him, and also uh, our lead girl in this movie. Uh, in the sort of final act, that was one one of the weird things about this movie. The pace of this movie is a little awkward. I sort of thought it was ending at one point. You know, we were getting to that you know big crane shot pulling back, and you know end movie, and it fades to black, and we end up back in the military base. Right. I, I mean. It works in that regard. It, that that final act makes it work. Right. But it is sort of oddly edited or paced that way where I thought I was ready to sort of get up and like stretch my legs. Oh, Anchor Duns, no. No, nope, we're not yeah, quick. And there's more. No, yeah. So that is that weird thing for it. But um, yeah, no, they really kind of get screwed at the end, those people. <laughs>
1: Uh, but our characters at least make the choice. Yeah. Um, our hero is bitten, so he's going to become like her, and he sees that she's so far gone that he's not going to be able to keep her sane very much longer. Yeah. So the two of them cremate each other. Aww. And they embrace as the flames trial uh. which would be is a romantic image, but would just be a fucking
0: horrible way to die. Not, they not my first choice. should have had some bon Jovi, jo, bon Jovi playing where this. <laughs> Going down in a place of glory.
1: Anyways. But it is kind of that funny. I feel the same way about Romeo and Juliet, the play, by the way. It was just like, uh, I wonder if these two kids would have gone the distance. Like no. they they spent their entire lives together, but their entire
0: relationship was probably less than. Oh, he, she would have you know? totally broken his heart. <laughs> yeah, he, 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 I really he, get the feeling she he, would have, he, been, would have been the with Melhouse uh, <laughs> of the zombie series by the end. I
1: don't know if it's a flaw in the performance or in the the script, but I did get that vibe that yeah. that she was, you know probably going to get bored with them and move on to some other adventure sooner or later. So they went the distance because the finish line was a, a short step, I guess. Yes. Um, it's funny when it wants to be. I don't know if it's exactly scary, but it's got these... No, b- no, but it's entertaining. It's got a few ouch moments. Yeah. Um, more than any zombie I've ever seen most zombie movie i've ever seen before the the sexuality angle is sort of played it's weird because they very directly sort of marry the sex and the violence as she's you know piercing her her hands or or cutting herself she's reacting almost orgasmically yeah and uh it's strange and unsettling and yet i've watched it three or four times now. so what are you saying I, i don't know i don't know uh, usually I say sex and zombies don't mix, but it, this movie accomplishes it. I mean, it, it maybe doesn't mix perfectly. It zombie but it, sex and dead alive. It didn't, it didn't do it for me. Uh, zombie sex and dead alive, but like that movie was just pure madness. Yeah. As a rule, when you're watching a zombie movie, you're not looking for
0: sex. Sex. Yeah. I don't
1: typically find it. And when they try to force it in there, I find it rarely works. Um, this movie, the, the love story kind of works. It does. The zombie story kind of works. It does. The comedy kind of works. It does. So, so you're saying it's kind of worth watching. Because it works. so we made it through another six zombie movies Uh, my listeners have been really patient with my uh, zombie fixation I think uh, of the last five episodes of Rankin Review four of them (laughs) have been zombie related so we're going to take a little break after this one from the zombies for a little while but uh, thanks for for, for bearing with us Um, Lee I gotta know
0: what was your least favorite of these six zombie movies and why? So we're going from worst to first, I right?
1: That's typically how I like to do Monday Well,
0: shows. all at number six, at, I, I don't even think it should be a surprise when you've got vomiting zombies, when you've got zombies that can run upside down on roofs, <laughs> uh, when you've got Mina Savari as your lead, who's trying to be all tough, and anyone who casts Nick's Canning should be slapped. I have Steve Miner's Day of the Day, day remake of, the of, of Day of the Day of the Dead. Easy for you to say. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I thought I was sick.
0: <laughs> yes, well, well, I'm also getting rid of a cold. But yes, the remake of Day of the Dead is at number six because really, it's just stinky. Yeah. It's 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 stinky like unread sweatshirt. I am shorts. sympathetic
1: to that point of view.
0: At number five, we have the uh, same jokes again in Return of the Living Dead. Once again, there's kind of no life. That bully kid in that zombie is also kind of annoying. I don't think we really touched on that a whole right. lot. Oh, yeah. He's sort of just like... Ugh. Not much
1: of an actor. He's basically no. cu- cast because he was a big, dumb, mean-looking kid. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that does not a performance make.
0: Yeah, no, and it just, it's just more of the same. Yeah. It's more of the same. Agreed. So, number five is Return of the Living Dead. And this is when we start getting better, because I kind of liked it. But Return of the Living Dead Part 3 had enough it. And it had enough, uh, I think, love into it. Racial stereotypes, it says, ra- racial stereotypes aside, Chica. Yeah. Uh, I give Brian Yunza. Yunza? Yunza? I'm, sh- I'm sorry for saying this wrong, Brian, if you're listening. <laughs> um, anyways, Your Return to the Living Dead is, is kind of good. Yeah. So I'm going to give you it uh, as number three. Uh, no, you know, six, five, four, four. Sorry, dude. At number three, and he should really make more movies, is Tom Savini's Night of the Living Dead. It's good I guess the elephant in the room on this Is that it's pretty close to the source material So we know what's going to happen But it's really well made Really well acted I like the changes in it Uh, And they're subtle and also quite drastic So good on you there uh, uh, Tom Savini with Your Night of the Living Dead At number 2 We have Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead a really well-made action thriller without all the sort of social commentary about ca- capitalism and how we're all slaves for money and well, anyways, yeah. we have Zack Snyder's well-made, well-acted Dawn of the Dead*. This is how do a idea remake, my friends. This is how do a idea remake. But there's no way it could be number one because number one bl- belongs to the best zombie comedy out there, and that is *Return of the Living Dead*.
1: So you put *Return* yeah. over *John of the Dead*.
0: Mm. It? Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I'm not
1: necessarily. Fighting, I would say, you, I'm Just asking. I,
0: you, I, you know, what I'm gonna to have to say yes. Yeah. Uh, Do not I love Sean. I love Sean. But Return and both films make me g- giggle. Oh, yeah. Both both films make me laugh pretty hard. I I have great affection, I guess, for Return because I saw it as a kid. It it made me laugh. Um, it was it's long before Sean, I guess, in that regard. Um, This movie makes me smile for a meteor the the second this movie starts. It's a lot of fun. I love the the sort of 80s punk aesthetic as well.
1: It does have shocking rewatchability. I don't seem to get tired of watching Return of the Living Dead. No. It seems to be a thing. It's funny. I really strongly suspected that we might go six for six. Oh, no. I I thought that we would. Yeah. And we only match in two places. Really? I know. The thing is, is that I'm completely sympathetic to, to where you end up like I don't think we're going to be fighting over this particularly really I'm but, curious
0: now but uh,
1: well let's wait another episode before I tell them. no no we'll do it yeah. now alright since we're here and recording the podcast anyway I wrote them down so I wouldn't cheat I can understand you thinking that I would put the Day of the Dead remake in sixth position especially yeah. the way I laid into it in there yeah but here's my rationale for putting Return of the Living Dead part 2 at the bottom of the list okay Anything that they basically... Anything that they did in the movie to try and get laughs was ripped off from the movie before it. Yeah. And anything they added to the movie either added nothing or was stupid. Yeah. Now, the Day of the Dead remake, it's fast. It's got bad CGI. The characters are unbelievable. It's yeah. not a good movie. Yeah. But I think that it's moving fast enough and at least, you know, they made choices. Bub. Is a zombie vegetarian? That's incredibly stupid, but it's a choice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like this is this is comparing shades of brown on shit here. So yeah, like, I, I'm not I'm not passionate about it, but yeah. that's where I put them. I put part two at the bottom, yeah. and and then the remake of Day of the Dead in fifth place. Yeah. Now we're more on common ground again because. In fourth position, I put Return of the Living Dead Part 3. Okay. It's not amazing, but it's way better than it has any business being. Yes. Um, And it's much closer to what I imagined or would hope a Return of the Living Dead movie would and should be. Okay. Um, It comes closest to the sort of magic of the Dan O'Bannon. Okay. So that's where I'm in third position. And I think we're agreeing again here. Yeah. Tom Savini's remake of Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. Um, anything that didn't work in the movie for me, and nothing didn't work so strongly as to spoil it, was either right out of the script, which yeah. is just choices that maybe I wouldn't have made, but yeah. will live with, or the fact that, you know, he had to cut his movie severely backwards. And yeah. A lot of movies, you cut the horror or the gross gross out of the violence out of yeah. it, and you've lost of the bulk of the movie on the cutting yeah. room floor. I think it's a testament to how solid the, the script, the story, and the direction is that yeah. they gutted this movie, and it's still a good movie. Yep. And unfortunately, this is still back in the day when excised footage didn't get reprinted. A lot of times they would actually just be destroyed mm. once they once they got it down to the print they wanted, which is just... Yeah. It's too bad because it would be interesting to see a director's cut of yeah. this movie. That was the part where we get controversial. I can't.
0: I can't believe you're, you're, you're going this way.
1: I'm going to put Return of
0: the Living Dead in second place. You're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong. Why? Why do you do this to me? You did this last time. <laughs> <laughs> you're fired. You're no longer hosting this show. I know you created it. You're honestly going to sit there and tell me that the remake of Dawn of the Dead is better than Return.
1: They're very different movies. Yeah?
0: What they have in common is that they're zombie movies. Yeah.
1: And for me, I love a good zombie comedy. Uh Uh-huh. But I prefer an exciting sort of thrill ride zombie movie. And, uh, I'm I'm a big fan of Zack Snyder's remake of Dawn of the Dead. Uh, I mean, I surprised myself because, like I said, he kind of took the brains out of it and somehow turned it into an effective I always want to hit pause and hit you and then (laughs) (laughs) press start again. Um... But it's not as overtly goofy as Return of the Living Dead. Yeah. I like that Return of the Living Dead is goofy, but like, there's enough realism in quotation marks in The Dawn of the Dead World for there to be some stakes. It's weird because at the end of Return of the Living Dead, everybody dies, and you're like smiling while the yeah. credits roll, right? Um, whereas at the end of Dawn of the Dead, everybody dies, and
0: you're like. That kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess one thing, for me is not that I think like Return of the Living Dead is all that original. It's you know it's aping from the original Night of the Living Dead story, but Dawn is just a flat out remake. Yeah. So I guess I just right off that there alone, you, you, I got to put Return just a little bit higher because of originality. Yeah. Um, well, really? I, I again, I will
1: refer you back to our previous episode when I we both sang the praises of Dawn of the Dead, the yeah. original. Yeah. I would not and could not have anticipated the remake working as effectively for me as it did. Like I said, if the whole movie had kept the momentum of that first 10 minutes, yeah. I'd be sitting here telling you this was a better movie than the original. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that it, it, the opening came that close and, uh, I took the ride with the movie and I really enjoyed it. Um, I I think it could have been like 10 to 15% smarter than it was, but I think it did a good job of being an exciting zombie movie, and it's a big reason that the zombie renaissance sort of happened for us, and I'm a fan. It's not an easy thing. I didn't just say, yes, Dawn of the Dead, and I have nothing but love for Return of the Living Dead. I think if you listen to my previous zombie episode, you'll find that
0: to be the case. I, well, Larry, I, I, it's finally happened. I think <laughs> it's over. The friendship is <laughs> done. <laughs> You've lost your mind. I, I how how now? Will you explain how? Well, I guess I
1: love zombie comedies, but I prefer, I guess, not zombie comedies. Maybe is what where what it comes down to. But I love both of these movies, and it was, I know it's, it, a, it's it, close. It, it's, thing.
0: It, it's like we're we're, we're fighting over. You know the two really cool sports cars. Which one's the yeah. brother? Both awesome. But that's just, where we're
1: disagreeing. What, what's what's the worst of this and what's the best of this, really? But we more or less what, agree. What would
0: be wrong with? I, I can count some of the some of the bad choices and errors in Dawn where I can't really nitpick Return. Really.
1: Well, like I say, I'm made a little bit uncomfortable by the, the graveyard nude scene. I know uh, you find it very fappable. <laughs> I think that there are there's some creaking ground to the performances here and there, especially with the younger kids. But that's sort of part of the horror aesthetic. I, I just take it I on the chin. I think I love it. Like I, I, I do love the movie. Yeah.
0: I think people will it's remember... Just more of a cartoon. Somehow. I think people will remember Return, uh, Return of the Dead a lot more than Dawn of the Dead will ever be. I think people will have... That's but. probably true. That's probably true. But
1: that doesn't mean I like it more or less than the, than the other. And it's arbitrary. I mean, some idiot named Larry Parsons said that you have to rank your movies from the top to the bottom. I, like, and, and, I, and I agree. <laughs> I, 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 you're just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I'm just going to ask you to live with it today. Just live <sighs> with it, brother. Uh. <laughs> licking his wounds. He's still mad at me, I can there's, tell. There's, there's
0: no wounds, man. <laughs> <laughs> You're just getting the stink eye. I, 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 you didn't see it coming. Um, you're just wrong. <laughs> you're just wrong. Are, are,
1: you, are you? Are you not? You're not more mad that uh, Day of the Dead is worse than Return of the Living Dead? Do you?
0: Um, no, I'm not mad about that. I just, <laughs> I just think that your instincts are wrong on this.
1: It's a matter of tiny degrees, but we need to get past it, brother.
0: I don't know. We need to get I'm, past I'm, it. I'm a bitter person. Okay, sorry. Keep going. There's
1: two jerrys that we're going to give out. Um, we have the best kill, and we have best zombie effect. Do you have a preference? Which uh, Jerry award you would like to give out first, sir? Uh, why don't we do Best Zombie Effect? Best Zombie Effect. Okay, nominations include Ving Rames eating his own eyeball in the highly questionable remake of Day of the Dead. Yeah. The half-zombie that is interrogated in Return of the Living Dead. Yep. Um, she's just a beautiful design and yeah. beautiful execution. I'm a big fan. Uh, the zombie holding the doll in Night of the Living Dead that Patricia Tallman gets quite upset by and ends up executing. Um, you mentioned the one-armed zombie. It's the in the director's cut. In the extended edition of Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. Who, who comes charging at the door when they first arrive at the mall. Yeah. Um, and I also wanted to mention from Dawn, the both the pregnant woman and the result of her pregnancy. The the zombie baby. Zombie. Zombie baby. So I actually think that the... The pregnancy itself is quite disturbing. Like, once she turns while is, pregnant... Yeah, it is a like disturbing the scene. The whole thing, the whole progression of it. You, you know this is going nowhere good. Yep. Um, so those are the nominations for Best Zombie Effects. I certainly know where I would would vote, but, And
0: uh, the winner is interrogation zombie from Return of the Living Dead I agree that, 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 see that's another reason why Return is better than Dawn there's just
1: mm-hmm. not a lot of competition as far as that about. such
0: a well-executed scene, well executed scene great I agree with
1: you that there's no better looking zombie in the remake of Dawn of the Dead than than that zombie in in Re- Return I, I'm not fighting you there at all yep so nominations for best yeah. kill um Tom and Jenny in the remake of Night and Living Dead getting themselves exploded in a high yeah. pressure situation yeah. in the remake of Night. Yeah. Um, the the first punk who's getting eaten by the tar zombie. Lord uh, kind of set up as sort of like the, the muscle of the group, so necessarily yeah. he has to be removed from the menu as early as possible. It's good death. Um, we have listed here the many deaths of Riverman. This poor put upon character who's just Tries to do something nice, gets killed for it, then gets resurrected and brutally tortured. (laughs) Yep. Good times. He earns his paycheck out, that's all I'm saying. Um, The truck backing up to the bay doors in uh, the remake of Dawn of the Dead was just leaving those horrible blood smears on the back of the truck as it plows through the zombies. Nasty. And also from the remake of Dawn of the Dead, the accidental chainsaw kill uh, when they're trying to escape. Um, there's, another, there's another death here can I just really quickly add a death that's of not course. included on your list sure. the, one of the punks actually he's the only actor to appear however briefly in all three of these Return of the Living Dead movies yeah. but um, the scene where they actually get the half zombie to interrogate yeah. uh, he gets pulled out by her and bitten and as they're pulling him back in this fucking fountain of blood spewing out of his head and this zombie's attached to him eating his brain. That's good. Saying. And uh, I always like, they way, way like cartooned the amount of blood but it was also somehow perfect. Yeah. I've always liked that dust, so I'm yeah. going to throw that in as a last ditch domination. but you are my guest so you get to lay down the law. I
0: love you some Tire Zombie. Tar yeah. Zombie was awesome and the first time I saw that and I turned around I was like, more brains! I laughed my little and ass off. Yeah. So I'm going to have to say Tarzami eating that punk was awesome. And I do think part of the reason that I love Return of the Living Dead generally yeah.
1: is when I first saw it as a kid, I didn't really appreciate the humor in it. Yeah. I actually was quite scared of it. Yes. And I, as I came to it later and grew up, I'd actually, wow, not only is this movie awesome, but it's also kind of funny too. Mean,
0: so if you were to do this, I mean, I know you get the guest chooses this, which would you do best kill? For best kill? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I guess I've got that late nomination
1: stuck in my head now. (laughs) That's Return of the Living Dead, right? Return of the Living Dead. See, once again, why Return is so much better.
0: (laughs) It's a fantastic movie. I absolutely
1: agree. Um, I think everybody who likes zombies even a little bit should watch
0: it. uh, You're going to wake up tomorrow and realize how (laughs) wrong you were. I'm
1: going to sit bolt upright in the middle of the night. Yeah. We have to record again. Um, I was just wrong. Yep. Well, maybe you're right. Because uh, Confession. Yeah. Way back in time, back in the histories of Rankin Rue ba- Review, back while the Earth was still cooling. Yeah, you and I did an episode uh, called "You So Crazy Director Masterclass." Yes, and I think if I had it to do it over again, yeah, Shutter Island should have probably taken second place to Fight Club. Yeah, but I don't know. Shutter Island was fresher to me; it was a newer movie to me, and I do have problems with Fight Club. It's a very impressive movie, but yeah. But that's that's one where I definitely you know oh that's a tough one that's a tough one yeah
0: um you know this one I just I it yeah. was tough but I made my decision there I, it is I, I think once again over time you're gonna sit back and realize that it was an error in judgment it's the second time it's taken second place too yeah I, see it's <laughs> <laughs> last time
1: it lost to the original Dawn of the Dead oh
0: uh, yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know I, I'm speechless. I'm speechless, which, I'm yet yet, still talking, I don't know man, I don't know. I am speechless, and shall remain (laughs) so.
1: we're going to take a little breather from the zombies for a while, but uh, that wraps up the first two installments of the Of the Dead Rankin Reviews Um, very Romero obsessed last couple of episodes I hope you guys enjoyed it if you have any feedback to send, please do so at rankinreview at gmail.com that's r-a-n-k-n-r-e-v-i-e-w at gmail.com please seek out the show on Facebook, seek it out on iTunes And just tell another film freak in your life that this podcast called Rank and Review exists and that it's waiting for them. Until next episode, thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. This is your host and random Canadian Larry Parsons saying, until next time.